Jason. Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Hey, on behalf of our friends Budget Blinds, I want to say congratulations to Sasha, Sasha Koch, who received $1,000 in service from Budget Blinds and $200 in high V gift certificates as part of Budget Blinds. Thank you, Frontline Workers Campaign. Go, Sasha. That was awesome. It was really fun for to to partner up with Budget Blinds on this one and, you know, celebrate some people doing good work for us. Wait, there's more. There is. Additionally, every single nominee, they're each going to get $25 in Hy-Vee gift cards, too. Why, Jason? Because Budget Blinds, a whole big old basket of good eggs. So say thank you and all hail. Those Robot Shade Overlords. If you want to go see some great members of our community, just just hit the website, give a call, go see our friends at Budget Blinds, tell them Jason Nick sent you. Today's episode is also brought to our continuing message to shop local. We want everybody to take care of our friends and neighbors who have local businesses, work for local businesses during this crazy, crazy time. Go support them. Right, and in this process and the various phasing, everybody's kind of doing a little bit different thing. Go check their websites, check uh, websites like Downtown Main Streets, other places like that where that information is available so you can see what your options are because they're shifting every week or two now. Um, And so it's going to be a little bit of a challenge to keep track, but you're going to make that little effort and you're going to be rewarded with good local stuff. Tell them Jason next thing. Hello and welcome to this Friday episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. Today, as we did on Wednesday, we will be revisiting candidate interviews for the upcoming municipal election. On Wednesday, we heard from our City Council District 1 candidates. Today, we will hear from District 2 candidates, Timothy Shrout, Andrew Felker, and Steve Lee. The fourth candidate, Roberta Goff declined to respond to any invitations to participate in interviews with Link to Lee Summit or Lee Summit Town Hall. We're going to take a quick break and hear from one of our sponsors, and then we will be back with the interviews. Hi, I'm Jane Monroe, owner of Embrace the Grape and District 4 resident. Donnie Funk has my vote for city council, and here's why. Donnie's time serving on the planning commission, his experience in the construction industry, and his work as a small business owner has given him the insight we need on city council. This means that Donnie knows the questions to ask to get accountability for our tax dollars. Donnie Funk is a strong advocate for public safety and will work to ensure police and firefighters, along with all city employees, are well cared for. Join me in voting Funk for Four. We are talking to the candidates as we approach and this episode we have with us Timothy Shrout, candidate for City Council in District 2. Tim, welcome. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Look at that. He's already turned on the radio He's voice. Got it. Absolutely. Right. Uh, we are starting, we're going to start off uh, like uh, we, we have said this before. Uh, we're going to ask you a series of questions based primarily on, uh, well, we have some major topics that we all like to cover with all of the candidates, but the specifics and the follow-ups will be based on your answers, both the to the questionnaire, which is available at link to leesummit.com. Man, you are getting so good at, yes. at finally, like 320 episodes later, you are getting good at, at, at pimping the website. The problem, if I'm I get too good, I'm going to start demanding money. All right. So as, as I like to say during all of these, we, we are not doing endorsements. These are, these are purely 
interviews so that the voters have a better opportunity to know who their candidates are and they can make their choice. Tim, I'm going to start this off, and I, I make the same. It's almost like a dad joke of candidate interviews, right? Yeah. I'm we start keep, off with the hard one. I'm going to give one. you the hard question. Okay, I'm ready. There you go. Tim, why are you running for office? That is an awesome question. I'm actually uh, on By the, the way, that's, that's not true. It, it is an awesome question. It's important. <laughs> I'm actually on the TIFF Commission and uh, have been on that, gosh, for a couple of years now. And as part of the, uh, for those of you that don't know, it's a tax increment financing commission that talks about developments and things that happen in the city. And uh, being on that commission... I sometimes witnessed ways that people would communicate that were less than uh, less than kind, I guess I'll say. And what it really cued in me is there is a way to have civility in public discourse. And the more I listened to the issues, I found that some of those uh, some of those times where things got heated were really just unnecessary. We're discussing things. We're trying to find ways to get things done for the good of all of us in the city. And uh, I felt like I could lend, uh, an air of uh, equanimity to that process. All right, that's too big a word. That is we're a big have, word. We're going to have to start that. this whole thing over <laughs> a while ago. Can, can I restart? Google. Equalness. E-K-W. <laughs> there we go. All right. So that was really that was really one of the main things. And um, I am very moderate, and I appreciate everybody's perspective and what their thoughts and ideas are. And I think that's something that, uh, in terms of serving I thought that I could serve in a very effective way because of thinking of things uh, in a considerate way and not being prejudging, not prejudging any particular issue until I've heard all the facts. All right. Well, I, the, you, since you brought up the TIFF Commission. Uh, well, uh, kind of a suck up move, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's like as if you know us. Uh, we, uh, one of the, the, the most contentious TIFF vote, I think, in probably living memory. Uh, or at least since the Summit Woods development is the the downtown Lee Summit Apartments uh, development that is now has broken ground and done most of its demolition there on the site. Um, it looks both cool and creepy. You voted in favor of it, but you were on the at least at the time, or at least the side that did not. You, they forwarded a recommendation against, and you had voted. Right. You were recommending for. How do you? Um, how did you guys? How did you manage that process? We're going to talk about civility and going through that process. That was a I mean, really pretty heated for a, an appointed commission. Yeah. How did you manage that, and, and what lessons are you taking out of that? So that's a, a, another good point, because what I was seeing in that process was that it was a uh, sort of theoretical argument against it, which I get. There are certain reasons you use TIFFs and certain reasons you don't use TIFFs. Uh, one of the arguments was that you don't use TIFF in a residential development. And I get the idea. I get the, the theory behind that. But as I listened to the arguments, and you're exactly right, the TIF Commission did not approve it. The uh, non-recommendation went on to the city council, but um, they heard what we had to say, and I think they took some of those things into consideration. So the reason that I did vote in favor of it, again, I I had no preconceived ideas, no preconceived thoughts as to what should or should not be done. When I listened to the proposal, what I saw was that we had a piece of property that needed to be moved. We had a seller that needed to sell it. The church really had tried to find a buyer for a long time and just was not having any success. So we had a property that was uh, truly blighted and was going to become even more blighted, which is a precondition for a TIF. And 
I thought that it was best that one of our strong community members in the church get to sell that property so that that they could get on with their mission of being the church. And then secondly, that that property would be developed so that it did not fall further into blight and make the neighborhood even worse for that. And then the final consideration was, my goodness, that's a piece of property that's not generating tax income. If if it's sold into a taxable entity, then all of a sudden, immediately, it's creating tax income for the city. In addition, the, the construction, bringing more people downtown, simply does just that, brings more people downtown to the downtown businesses. All right. Well, okay. So you, 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 I think you made a very cogent argument or for where you, where you stood on that. Are you, are you, is this the kind of framework that you're going to take when we're dealing with? Cause one of the things that I think causes the most controversy at the city council level is, is incentives and the use or non-use or how much they use for any given project. So are you planning on taking that exact framework or, or do you have a different way that you want to uh, uh, look at these developments as they come through um, in, in Lee Summit? I think uh, the approach that I bring is that I'm going to listen to any proposition and find if it's advantageous for the city and advantageous for the, the, the development or if it's not. And if there are, are coherent reasons that it's not advantageous and there's good arguments for it, um, there were some arguments posed in that development that were not good at all. And so when I heard those, I was frankly somewhat aghast at some of them and and had to shake my head. But if there are valid reasons that a development should not be a TIF development or the development should not go through, I'm certainly willing to to say that and, and vote on the other side. I'm going to move on a little bit to our next, uh, to our next topic. Um, it's actually, it, it, this is one of my favorite questions. Uh, I used to do some public participation events and, and we'd do, we'd go into communities and we'd do those, those SWOT analysis. And, and I always was intrigued by the fact that the one everybody had trouble with was when I asked what the opportunities were. So one of the questions that we like to ask in our, in our questionnaire, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into it here with, with you, is about what opportunities do you see? So as you throw your, your, your name in the hat here to run, is there something, is there an opportunity you see or, or some part of the, of the council's actions that you're really excited to get, sink your teeth into? Is, is there an opportunity you see that excites you? Yeah, there's a couple of those, and they, they are somewhat related. And I'm actually on the Ignite um, team for affordable housing. And so I think affordable housing is incredibly important when we look at our major employers in Lee Summit. Many of their workers have to come in from Kansas City or Raytown, and they don't live in our community. In fact, we just spoke about that a little bit ago. So we want our people who are employed by our major employers, we'd like for them to live in Lee Summit. So affordable housing is extremely important to keep our tax dollars here and to keep our workers in our community instead of going out each evening when they leave work. I, I want to pause you for a second here and ask this question because this is something I think that people don't. There's there's not not a, a coherent agreement across the entirety of the of the of our community about that. Are you stealing my question? What do you mean by affordable housing? You are. Uh, good question. Uh, affordable housing must be affordable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How do you define affordable? Right. Affordable to whom uh, that, and under what yes. circumstances? Um, it, it, I can't necessarily put a dollar figure on affordable, but I think we all understand the the makeup of Lee Summit. If, uh, For one thing, inventory is pretty low in Lee Summit as far as the number of houses for sale, and the price point of those houses are relatively high so that 
maybe somebody who works at uh, at St. Luke's Hospital uh, doing whatever may not be able to afford a level of housing that is available easily or readily in Lee Summit. So what we'd like to have are houses that or housing that people can afford that are at every strata of society. And it actually comes into my second uh, passion, and that is to make sure that Lee Summit is a community of diversity and inclusion. So that every strata of society, socioeconomic, race, gender, everything is represented here. And studies tell us that the more diverse a community is, the more successful overall that community is. Hi, I'm Jane Monroe, owner of Embrace the Grape and District 4 resident. Donnie Funk has my vote for city council, and here's why. Donnie's time serving on the Planning Commission, his experience in the construction industry, and his work as a small business owner has given him the insight we need on City Council. This means that Donnie knows the questions to ask to get accountability for our tax dollars. Donnie Funk is a strong advocate for public safety and will work to ensure police and firefighters, along with all city employees, are well cared for. Join me in voting Funk for Four on April 7th. Well, let's take the flip side now. Then let's go. Let's go to the one that everybody seems like they, they love to jump on when you do those SWOT analysis. Let's. It's not really a threat, but what what are the issues? What are what are some issues that, that you think you are you're going to have to deal with as you as you take office if you're elected? I think, uh, and it's this sounds like a cop out, but threats are exactly the opposite of what I just spoke about. <laughs> um, I don't really want to use that word here, but I think there are there are yes. some issues that are going to face the community. So, what do you see as some of those issues that 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 you'll face immediately? So again, a. a, a I want to be sure that we're cognizant that our representation, and this kind of bleeds into a different thought, but our representation on city council and throughout city government is indeed representative of the people across the district for me that I'm in. And representative doesn't mean we're all of a homogenous sort of makeup. It is that different stratas of society. My concern for everybody, socioeconomic in every sector that's represented in District 2. So I think there's an opportunity to be sure that everybody is truly represented, and it's not just the powers that be in the city that have a, a small uh, sort of minority voice. One of the things you, you, you talked about in the questionnaire as an issue was, was you talked, well, you mentioned it several times about maintaining service, so maintaining the levels of service that we have. One of the things that you get to do if you're elected right when you take office is start on the budget season. Is is to look at and approve the budgets. It's like it's an instant drink from the fire hose, right? And we know that that comes with everybody asking for more money, right? And that includes that includes all of staff. I mean, every staff, right, is going to want more money. So, how are you going to prior prioritize some of those things as you look at it now and, and weigh? weigh that with keeping the service levels the way we have them now or making them better? So I'm a big proponent of public safety, and I want to be sure that that's something that we do address uh, immediately, that to be sure that our first responders are provided for and to make sure that they're at, at the proper end of the pay scale so that we get the best and the be- of the best and draw them to Lee Summit because our pay scale is is fair. And I'm not saying it's not fair now, but that's something that I certainly want to look closer at. Uh, I know one issue right now is that we're, of course, building a new fire station on Pryor, but that fire station does not have an ambulance. 
And I live at Third and Pryor, and the closest ambulance is not far. It's down on Hook, but I feel like that fire station should have an ambulance. So as I prioritize and look at the budget, I'm really passionate about public safety and making sure that we have everything we need to serve Lee Summit and its growth in a proper way. All right. Well, so uh, keeping that and, and managing those things, obviously, if we're, we're taking care of our first responders and our city staff and, and trying to maintain those services, one of the things that uh, the city manager has raised on a number of occasions uh, is that we are looking at, in the bigger picture, uh, a budget shortfalls coming. Um, how do you reconcile the the need to maintain these and, in some cases, increase compensation or, or spending to maintain service um, or improve services with that with that recon- with that fact that you know we need to have money to pay for it. Well, though the forecast may be a shortfall, the fact is that we do have a tremendous surplus already, and so there's plenty of flexibility within the the monies essentially that the city has to work with all kinds of of different things like public safety, and to do what we need to do. So even if the the the, the even if it's a shortfall in the short term. The fact is there's still plenty of surplus there that uh, that we've got a lot of leeway with. I'm going to go to, to the next topic here, and, and I want to talk about communication. This is, this is a recurring theme every election. I think people are always worried about, A, am I going to be in the know? And B, is my voice going to be heard with my elected representative? You said, talked a lot. You mentioned it in your, in your questionnaire and in, in your opening. You talked about civil discourse, which is great, but... But if elected, how will you work? How do you plan to work so so that not only are you a voice to, but you're a voice for? Yeah, I think the, the biggest aspect of communication is being somebody who's always available and always listening. And again, it's not just to a, a small group of people or uh, certain uh, parts of our city that, that wield a large amount of, of uh, influence. But it's people in our communities in the, in the small houses like the neighborhood I live in that might want to talk with a representative. Maybe they've never even talked to a representative or thought about talking to them. And that's why, from a campaign perspective, I'm trying to call on as many neighborhoods as I can, both big and small. It's about making sure that people have some sense that they are represented in city government. And I can tell you that in the smaller neighborhoods I've called on, they really don't have that sense. Um, and so I want... To, to be sure that my lines of communication with everybody are always open and I'm always available to listen. One kind of follow-up on, on that is, you know, everybody knows we're, we are approaching that 100,000 population mark, if not already. Mm-hmm. One, of the, uh, one of the things that we notice is not everyone is uh, the nerd that Jason and I are, and we, we love the city government stuff, and we are, we are already involved in many things. And because of the work we do with this show and my news work with Link to Lee Summit, I get to go to a lot of different meetings. I get to meet people. Not everybody is there. So how would you, as, as an elected representative, how would you encourage more people to make that effort, that little bit of effort to be in the know, to want to be in the know so that they can know when things are happening. They, they, know, they can see the ways that their voices can be heard. So it's not somebody upset after decisions have been made, 
but that they felt a part of it all the way through. How can, how can you encourage more involvement from people? It is a good point, and it's certainly a two-way street. Communication is a two-way street. So I think part of that is is getting out in front of people frequently, not just in city council, not just in the the formal functioning of city council, but truly, as I'm doing now, knocking on doors, talking to people, seeing what their needs and thoughts and concerns are, and uh, making sure that I'm as available out in the community, um, not just at the same events that everybody goes to, because that's relatively easy, right? But being uh, in different parts, especially of our district, and again, making myself available to people to let them know that they can call me or send me an email or do whatever at any time and have a stake in what's happening in the city. All right. Well, as we wrap things up, I, I, I kind of lied to you a little bit in the beginning. I, I said we don't do endorsements. And we don't, but we are going to judge you. This is the most oh, important good. question. This yes. is the most important part of our interviews. And really, if, if the people of Lee Summit are not using this question to rank their candidates, then they're doing it wrong. <laughs> so as we wrap things up, first I want to say thank you. Thank you for not only throwing, throwing your name in the hat and being a part of the process and raising your hand to serve, but thanks for taking a little bit of time with us. Thank you. So that this we can, is delightful. So that we can get your voice out there to the people. This is the big question. Yes. If I were to have two dinner plates, one plate has tacos, one plate has burgers, I put them in front of you, which one are you eating? There, there is a correct answer. To this oh question. my goodness, tacos or burgers? Um, and and by the way, politician answers will be roundly mocked. I think I'd go for a taco burger. That's the right <laughs> answer. Now he said taco burger, which I mean you can I get. Did. You can get. I, a taco I, I, no, I, no, I, I, I just heard. Tacos I, to, I just heard tacos. Right, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. <laughs> You're trying to make everybody. Uh, win, this I is think. a. This is a. Uh, we're gonna say it again. This is an ongoing debate that we have with with a couple of other local business owners who are in the wrong. By the way. Yes. Uh, so we just thought we would use this opportunity to prove how wrong they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thank you for adding in, even if we're ignoring the second half of your answer. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna ignore. <laughs> Tim, thank you very much. Well, thank we, you we, guys. I appreciate it. We appreciate your time, and we will talk to everybody on Monday. And we have with us today Andrew Felker. Andrew, welcome. Hello. How are you? Thanks for having me. We are going to start this off. It's not just you, though, Nick. I don't want to introduce you. I know. It's Friday, so I'm still here. That's not good. He hates election season for this reason. Uh, You know, it used to be Friday was my show. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to share. I have encroached. There we go. We're going to do this like we do all of the others. We have sent a questionnaire out to all of the candidates prior, and so we're going to use your words against you, or actually use those answers to delve in a little bit so that voters have a chance to know who you are as they go to the polls and make their decision for city council. There are four of you in District 2, so Mm -hmm. there are choices to be made. Let's dig in. I'm going to ask you the really hard question first. Why are you running? Good question. No, it's not. (laughs) No, this is totally our softball. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, there's a couple of things that come to my mind when I think about why am I doing this. Uh, One may be a bit cliche, but the desire to serve has always been a part of who I am and how I feel about the communities I live in. I want to be a part of them uh, and contribute to where I'm going to live, where my family's going to grow up. Second, uh, when when Sarah and I moved to Lee Summit, I would say that we didn't really know how good we had it. I mean, we've just been thrilled as our kids have gone to school uh, and we have gone to the parks, engaged in our downtown and local businesses, and just been involved with the communities we live in. It's, 
uh, really a great place to live. Uh, and to be frank, it's something I'm really proud of and proud to tell people about. And so I, I want to be able to say that to my kids when they get older and they say, hey, you know what, Dad, um, I'm, I actually might want to come live next to you or close to you. Uh, I want to be able to say with confidence that at least Summit remains a great place to live. And a third part of that for me is something I'm actually kind of learning as I go along. So uh, visiting with voters from District 2, knocking on doors, what I find is that same phrase, uh, Lee Summit's a great place to live. It may not be said precisely by the voters, but they say it in one way or the other. And, and often, sometimes they're saying it by expressing things they'd like to see different. Uh, but it's what I see in them is they love where they live. They want to make sure it remains a wonderful place, a great place to live. So I, I want to be a part of that decision-making process as we go into the future. There's a lot of opportunities in front of us. Andrew, you mentioned you wanted this to be a, a good place for your children to choose to live when they get there. And one of the, I think, the, the things that we've been seeing in the city over the last several years is, an, is a change in housing demand uh, for that. You mentioned in your... Uh, questionnaire, uh, which is available at link to com. Well done. I've I trained you well. I am pimp. I have got that going. So, all right. You indicated that you 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 seem to be a little skeptical of of approving more multifamily development than we currently have, specifically apartments sure. in this regard. There, but then you 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 attempted to sort of balance that by saying you need to be sensitive to the needs of the data that we do have available, the, the housing study from 2017 and the, and the other information that we seem to have floating around there. How do you reconcile those two things with an eye towards keeping where the, a, a city where the median new home price is $375,000 and the medium sale price is approaching $200,000? How do you mediate or balance between making sure that we, we're not overbuilding or what have you, but making sure that your children will have an, an affordable home to live in when they want to be that's not in your basement when they're in their 30s. <laughs> none of us, none uh, of us want do. that And answer. you have five kids, so you are going to be, that's going to be a challenge to stuff them all back in the house you are when correct. they're adults. So how do you how do you do that where you keep you, not only make sure that we have an attractive and useful mix of housing, but also make it affordable for people who are starting out? Yeah, so you, you use the word mix of housing, and I'm, you know, in my questionnaire, yes, I did express some uh, reservation about and, and that was a reflection of really some of the things that I was hearing at people's doors. Okay. So as you go out and you knock doors, people say, Oh, too many apartments, too many apartments. Uh, so I'm, I'm not opposed necessarily to apartments per se. Uh, but the, as we move forward, I think we have to look at a, a mixed, uh, development, a mixed effort to see whether we making sure we have different levels where people come in. I sat down with a client uh, and I practice as an attorney, and this was a client whose you know, uh, financial means would not be considered at the higher end of things, but they said they, you know, they wanted Lee Summit to be a place where, just like they did when they were younger, they had a place to live. So I'm not opposed to the idea of creating different levels where we can and house, whether it be my kids or any other who are trying to make a life in Lee Summit. Uh, but I think that we'll see some opportunities, and we we'll, we may talk about property reserve, we may talk about redevelopment throughout the city, but as we look toward creating both residential uh, at residential opportunities, I think we're also looking for commercial opportunities. And as we do that, there has to be, there has to be a, a place for people to live, in my opinion, to really draw in what I would like to see, which would be really high quality commercial growth in the future. Sure, and uh, let's let's follow on that. So I think you you you've reached out there. There's a sometimes there's a disconnect between 
the information we have available to us, the data, the studies, the, the things that the council sees, and the the fears or concerns yep. of the uh, of the the regular voter who doesn't spend, unlike the the hosts of this, hours watching uh, watching going to planning commission or watching city council proceedings. Why on, don't they on the internet? Because they are normal people with oh, lives. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so uh, and so there aren't outcasts like we are but who are doing that so they don't they don't read the study um and honestly i mean like i said that's more of a fault of us for having done so than anything else but how do you reconcile those situations where maybe the data is telling you to go that we need something whether it's apartments or fewer roads or any other thing that might be unpopular to someone who who hasn't delved deeply into the process to go through and and figure out what those facts say a good question so what i think about is a experience I had at someone's door a couple of days ago. And this individual, she said, she spoke of a prior council member, and I don't recall the name, uh, and the efforts that that council member made to reach out and communicate the different things that were happening in city council and other things throughout the city. And what I drew from that was how much I want to make sure I'm communicating to constituents, to the voters of District 2, as well as the city as a whole, what's happening and why. And that may be a vehicle, an opportunity to to bring some of that information to the voter. Uh, you know, it could be that I'm if there's information that I may have learned and I want to hold, a, if you will, a town hall or another type of setting where I can bring people in and have the conversation I'm willing to say that, or ready to say and, and do those things at different times where sometimes you have to do, make a decision that may not always be the most popular one, but I want to work with constituents to make sure that we can, it, to the extent we can, see eye to eye. There will always be times where we don't, but I want to work toward that kind of a solution, that kind of a, a resolution of those kind of issues. Well, let's jump ahead to to another topic. Uh, you you mentioned opportunities earlier, and we with one of the questions we ask you are, are, are about opportunities that you see. What are what are some things maybe that you get excited about that you want to sink your teeth into if you're elected that you want to dig in first? What are some opportunities there? Sure. Well, when I think about this idea of creating commercial space, and we talk about perhaps Class A space, something that we don't have in Lee Summit. Uh, it's, I think, that's something that would be a really uh, important thing to, to look into. And how do we get there? And this goes kind of goes back to the question we just talked about, which is housing. Uh, do, you, do you build the housing and the amenities first to attract that commercial developer, someone who's going to be willing to invest that kind of money in a Class A space? Or is, it, is there another means of doing so? And, and to be frank, it's something I want to understand a little better because I don't know the exact path to that. But I think it's something that if, would... If you figure that out, you might be the first. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there may be some trial and error. I mean, unfortunately, you know, trials and errors in a, a city growing and development process can be pretty consequential. So I want to make sure that's a very well-thought-out process. And so I'm excited. You asked digging into something. I don't know all the answers to those questions, but I truly would like to gather information and make a good decision based on what, what I learned. Where are some things, I, I guess, places that you would go to that you think that you can... can where you can learn more about that. I, I, I like, I appreciate the honesty of you don't know everything and you're sure. trying to, trying to learn, learn as you go. You, you'd never be the host of this podcast. If you would say you don't know. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to yeah, act like, you know, everything. It's fine. Sure. Yeah. Fine. But, but I guess where, where do you think you can, you, you can look to and, and you can figure some of that out so that, that you can all, not only just make the decision, but as you, uh, 
alluded to earlier, communicate those decisions and those reasons behind decisions with your constituents. Right. Well, I think one of the first resources is the members of council that I'll work with and the mayor. I mean, the reality is I'm going to have to make decisions with them, so they may already be uh, digging into information themselves that I can learn from and make and base my own decisions off of that. So I think that's my first one of my first stops, uh, and certainly in, in inviting in you know input from members of the community. There are experts that are, live throughout our community. They may not be in government. They may not have decided to serve in public office, but they have perspective that actually is quite valuable. So I would reach out to them and say, you know, this is something I want to learn more about. Please come to me with information that you have. So I'm in, I'm interested in coming from the voters. Uh, and then, you know, are there resources on a national or organizational levels that I that I uh, would like to tap into? I can't tell you what those would be right now, but I'm willing to look out and find those to see, you know, whether you're you know, talking about different uh, Missouri Municipal League, if it has some information that you can tie into. There's probably a whole host of uh, ways to plug in. So I, I don't have a specific answer on that, but I'm happy to look into it and learn more. Hi, I'm Jane Monroe, owner of Embrace the Grape and District 4 resident. Donnie Funk has my vote for city council, and here's why. Donnie's time serving on the planning commission, his experience in the construction industry, and his work as a small business owner has given him the insight we need on city council. This means that Donnie knows the questions to ask to get accountability for our tax dollars. Donnie Funk is a strong advocate for public safety and will work to ensure police and firefighters, along with all city employees, are well cared for. Join me in voting Funk for Four on April 7th. You you mentioned talking about using, especially as you first transition, and using the city council and the mayor as sounding or as sort of guideposts to help frame decisions, get information, find sources of information. Sure. Um, as well, the first thing that really I think people see when, when council members go into is you get elected and you are in budget season like immediately. Mm-hmm. What are your budget priorities, and how would you plan to use? Um, council members to help you kind of differentiate there's a there's i'm certain to be a difference between campaign rhetoric and uh when the rubber meets the road in in the budget but where where are your priorities in that and and see that see that coming forth in what admittedly may be a very tough budget season sure so this is the campaign so i get do i get to use the rhetoric (laughs) well i mean you can we just might ask you more questions (laughs) well so how do you how do you sort through the budget? And this is, you know, what's in my material. Obviously, some of the things that are the highest priorities is we have to remain a AAA bonded, uh, retain retain that rating as a AAA bonded uh, community. So paying our debts, uh, and then looking really closely at what what matters most for city uh, services in terms of infrastructure and public safety, and and then kind of filtering down through there. You know, we have uh, a number of things that are the mainstays of our community, including our parks and rec, and then making sure we're, we continue to be a, a resource for businesses. So sorting through that, um, you know, there will be, I'm sure, a lot of uh, looking back at what we've done in the past. Does that still make sense going forward into the future? You, I mean, we can turn to city staff who may have certainly uh, their job is to be in the weeds of their respective areas of responsibility. And while I wouldn't necessarily accept all of those recommendations just uh, and face value and go forward with it. I think it's important to turn to those individuals that we've that the city's hired to do that work and 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 you know vet that information and then have a a debate with members of council who very well may have strong opinions formed 
Uh, uh, no one on the council has no. any. They never no. express strong opinions, especially not like Commissioner Johnson. He has never been known to express a strong he, opinion ever. He's new to town, isn't he? Uh, yeah. yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, not, he's just barely in. Wow. Hey, I, I want to kind of dig in a little bit there, though, because you, you, you talked about maintaining city services. There was in the in right before the the last council election there there was a lot of talk where they were looking at raises for for city employees for for the union the police and fire unions how will you I guess prioritize and look at things because I think one of that debate that came up was we want to do this but can we do it and still maintain the level of services that we provide the entire community so what what is your approach and how will you weigh those priorities against each other because sometimes as a sitting council member, you will have to do that. Yeah. Well, uh, how do you weigh and sort through those priorities? I'm trying to follow your question. So I, we we warned you that sometimes lawyering will not be helpful. They to will you they will not make sense. We just we just shoot questions at you. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it is. Um, you know, those are those are important questions. How do we how do we prioritize that? Obviously, you know, there's a, a big question. Maybe. Uh, you know, where is the budget going to be going? There's been that projected shortfall in plateauing tax base. Those are some things that I think are that factor into how do, do we take a conservative or a, a, a freer approach, if you will, to allocating funds. But I think we have to stick to some of the commitments that we made when we decided to um, you know, make consistent reviews of city employee compensation as well as, uh, you know, well, all the city employee compensation. I think we need to keep keep that as something we we do. I think it's a, maybe it's a two-year commitment. I, I can't remember when we actually do the evaluation, um, but I want to maintain that. And then I, I want to make sure that our future with public safety and the folks who, who take care of fire and, and police and our emergency medical services – that we're thinking about what's in the future because as we move into a different kind of growth pattern, and I think we will with uh, property reserve in particular, uh, there's got to be some, I think, really forward-thinking ideas as to how do we make sure we grow in a way that can be maintained with, again, those the basic things that cities are supposed to be responsible for, again, the infrastructure and public safety. Right. So we're in a fall kind of just run on the tail of that. What do you think – just sitting here, and obviously the 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 ground may change under us between now and April, and then April moving on. What do you think the the toughest issues or decisions that you're going to have to make in this coming year to two year window, like in this first part of your term as a city council member? What do you think is going to be the toughest things that you're going to have to parse through? Well, you've already mentioned the budget. I mean, I think just the fact that it's I'm you know as much as I'm trying to review and learn what's going on, it will be a um, uh, an experience of trying to take in a lot of information and make decisions that I have a far reaching effect for the city, for the you know, people who are employed by the city and, and uh, certainly us as uh, citizens. So that's probably the first thing, just making budget decisions. Cause I think that's really one of the most important things that a city council member does. And then I think the other part that is part of that exciting future is what do we do with our, you know, long-term strategic plan? I think that's going to take, you know, you know, launching off of the ignite process and determining where are we going as a community. We've we've had these conversations throughout the community. Uh, we're drilling down into how that can be done, and so uh, continuing to have community feedback, you know, consulting, dealing with, and working with the city employees as they kind of work through what does this look like. How do we actually master plan our future? That to me, I think, is pretty exciting because that's where we're saying, okay. 
sure we have good ideas, but now we're actually saying we have great opportunities with the PRI land and uh, other opportunities for development that will come because of that and redevelopment and how do we make sure that we are where we want to be 10, 20, or 30 or more years from now. As we begin to, to wrap up here, I want to I want to I'm going to change gears a little bit, but I'm going to go back to something you alluded to earlier, and that was communication. That was talking with with your constituents. One of the things that we hear all the time from people that is they want to they they want to feel like their voice is heard, but they also they they want to know that they've got a got a part in it. So, what are things that you think you can do to make sure that that your constituents know why you're doing what you do, how, you know, why you vote the way you do, why you support the projects you support, and how they can feel a part of the process. What are some things you can do? Yeah. So I'll go back to what I uh, experience I had at a door just a few days ago where um, a constituent, she talked about how she, how much she appreciated getting regular reports from a member of city council about what was going on and how much when she finally met that member of city council, and this was a, a while ago, she said, I felt like I knew him and knew what he stood for. So, you know, being able to communicate pretty plainly about, okay, just what's happening? Why do we make this decision? What were, you know, what were the issues that were in council this week or this month? I, I don't know how regular that needs to be. Um, perhaps it's monthly, perhaps it's more frequently, but having that kind of uh, communication via email or otherwise. And then I mentioned earlier town halls. I mean, the chance to just be willing to walk into a room with a group of people uh, and say, you know, I'd love to hear what's going on. What do you think about what's happening? And then say, well, let me tell you why we made these certain decisions and walk through that analysis. I mean, that's part of what I try to do daily, you know, my daily work, both as a attorney and as a dad is say, okay, this is why we're doing it this way. And one of those may be more applicable in this situation than the other, <laughs> but I'm going to leave that, un I'm going to leave that question unanswered. All right. Well, now we're going to get to to the big question. This is the only question we have where we will actually judge you. Jason and I not do not do endorsements, but there is one question where we will judge your answer because there is a right and a wrong answer. If I were to put two plates in front of you, one plate has tacos, the other plate has burgers, which are you choosing? Depending on the kind of taco... It would be a taco. All right. Well, that's close enough. Well, I, you know, I, I kind of feel like he hedged his bet a little bit, I but, am, but, but he did say tacos. He did so get to the right answer. Really, all I'm going to do is, is is say that he picked. We're going to chalk a, That's another one up on Team Taco. Team Team Team, team Taco. Right. We appreciate you taking the time not not just to run and put your put your name in in there for everyone, but also take some time to talk to us and sure. and, and let the voters know who you are and also for helping us solve a huge public debate, which is tacos versus burgers. We appreciate it. Glad to be of help. Thank you very much, and we will talk to everybody on Monday. We're here with Steve Lee, candidate for District 2 City Council and Lee Summit. Steve, I appreciate you, you working with us to, to get us onto your calendar. I know you have been busy. And then as we all sit through the uh, the concerns growing around, around COVID-19, our schedules are even nuttier now. So I appreciate you taking the time. And, and as we all self-quarantine, isolate, whatever the term is, we're doing this video over video conference this time. Steve, welcome. Thank you, and uh, I appreciate you for going above and beyond to like do this via telephone and all that kind of junk, so I appreciate that. 
No problem. It's our pleasure. We love getting as many, as much of the voices out there as we can so that the voters can make the best decision they can when they go to the polls. Two more that months of be- campaigning, Steve. What, what else could you possibly ask for? Well, it's, it's uh, two more months to ask people for money, right, for the campaign. Because <laughs> right, I'm yeah. sure oh, I've never run. Money. Jason has. I'm sure that's just a fun thing to do is ask yeah, people for begging money. For, begging for money is definitely the best part of campaigning. All right, Steve, the, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and get rolling and, and start on these questions. And I'm going to start off with, as I like to do, uh, talking a little bit about housing and economic development. Yeah. Um, you, when you're in your answers on the questionnaire, once again, available at linktoleesummit.com. Uh, are um, noted that you were you wanted you wanted to kind of take a, a piecemeal not a piecemeal but a, a an individual approach to each of the projects that might come before you uh, and you noted it's like the purpose of the entity and the study of its community impact so yeah. what are the factors that go into that for you that are going to help you make those decisions uh, I think ultimately uh, it comes down to uh, the relationship with the citizens of the, of uh, Lee Summit. Um, so kind of start from there and get the feedback from those that would be around and in the areas that uh, would be affected by uh, projects. Um, the it's the community. What was what was the it was housing. Uh, what was the question? It was the housing. Uh, the question was about housing in general, but yeah. Right. Um, so kind of get the feedback from those that would be around that project. Um, look at other cities that have implemented those kinds of projects within their uh, city and see how it's affected them. Um, I'm not one to kind of keep up with the Joneses. So just because another city does something, um, I, I really want to see how it has affected the cities that it's been involved with and not just try to look like any other kind of city out there. I want to keep, you know, Lee Summit, Lee Summit, you know. Well, okay. So in that we've, we've seen, I think in the last couple of years, and Nick and I have talked about this a lot on the podcast that there's often, I think more community resistance or at least neighborhood resistance to new housing projects, especially multifamily projects. Um, than than there has been and sometimes the council has pushed forward with those and other times the council has has yielded to the outcry um so how strongly do you weigh that and and more i think even more importantly when are you gonna where's your sort of break point or can you think about what your break point might be where you might stand against you know what the those who show up for lack of a better way to describe i understand so uh given a pushback from the city versus a a pushback from the community is that what you're kind of saying like um, right. I mean where, how do you at a certain point there are going to there potentially is I would say a project that you might see that you might think is a good thing but your right. neighbors or the neighbors around it may the ones that come to city council and talk about it anyway are going to be opposed how right. do you how do you balance those things absolutely um, I think as in general people tend to shy away from change, big different kind of things going on within the community. Um, I think a lot of people that have adverse feelings towards change and new things, um, it comes down to, are they being heard? Um, are, or do they feel, um, mm, what's the word? Not isolated, but uh, almost a rejection from the people that are 
wanting these things. So like if I came and uh, so-and-so wants to build a, a multi-family um, dwelling within a district or whatever it might be, and I say, oh, this looks like a really good initiative, and I, I put it forward, and then someone comes from in, around the area and says, oh, we, we don't particularly like the idea of this. Uh, well, it is, it is an idea, as, and ideas can be scary, but I think if we sit down and discuss with those people and give a sense that, okay, I'm being heard. It's not that I'm, I'm bringing why I have at first reactions to this and I'm just being shut down. I'm being heard as a community member within Lee Summit. So, um, and if someone comes in with, you know, a legitimate issue um, and being able to hear those people speak their mind, I think gives a an overwhelming, um, what's the word? Uh, overwhelming belonging to the 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 process, I guess you could say. And okay. so, if, if someone brings something, I'm I'm more than happy to hear them and weigh those out um, as far as you know why they don't feel that way or why they feel this way or not. I want to I want to kind of use that and jump into our to our to our next topic as you talk about working with the with the people and your constituents. What are maybe some some issues and some opportunities that you look at when you look to the immediate next year or so that if elected, what are some things that you're kind of excited about sinking your teeth into? What are what are some some areas that you think you can make an impact on the community if you're elected to the council? Okay. Um I'm really excited about the growth in Lee Summit. Um, I can't give you the numbers offhand because I don't have them right now, but the projected growth within Lee Summit is just astronomical uh, given, given where we're at in Missouri and that kind of thing. Um, so I'm really excited about that uh, with the opportunities that come along with a growing community. Um, I really, like I've in, I mentioned in the, the questionnaire there, I'm looking for some unique opportunities to be brought to Lee Summit. Um, I really like, like we've had the exit room for a while. Um, and I, I really want something that um, families can come and, and be a part of. Um, so I'm thinking uh, someone who would bring an idea, uh, like, especially like around summertime, right? Uh, so some sort of like a Great Wolf Lodge kind of idea. I'm I'm just throwing things out there, but um, looking to see what people will bring forward when they see a growing community and the ideas that they have and really helping bring along those ideas that will bring the Lee Summit together as a community from here forward. Kind of the the flip side of that of that question, Steve, is, is what are what are some some issues? What do you think will be some difficulties? I mean, I think we can we can safely say that one of the toughest things where will be as soon as if you're elected, as soon as you take the seat, you're going to be talking about the budget and setting the next budget for the next fiscal year. But what are what are some things that you think might be difficult for for you as as, as a council member to settle into? Um. My, I, I think just getting for that first couple months, getting to know the ins and outs of how everybody works together, um, what what are people's triggers of what you know they don't really like, those kind of things. Um, 
I, boy, coming in with this uh, coronavirus thing going on um, and the impact it's had on the, the you know, economy worldwide, uh, what is that going to hold for Lee Summit, you know, as far as like budgetary issues, um, you know, economic development? Are people going to be more uh, shy to uh, do entrepreneurial things within Lee Summit? Um, are they going to, you know, want to hold back and be timid because they want they don't want to risk their their finances on something that might not happen whereas if we're in a good economic situation somebody might risk something because um you know in the long run in the next couple months few years you can gain that back but looking at the economic right now it's it's kind of intimidating to think about those kind of things well, with that, um, part of the concern we have with this p potential or coming economic downturn is the uh, the city's budget. And one of the things that the, the city manager has talked about, and one of the things that may be on the ballot in April or June, uh, is a, a use tax to help increase revenue in the city. But I think at a certain point, you know, the city manager's projections are that you're going to have to start making some choices one one direction or another. Um, what are your priorities for um, for making those decisions? You know, so what are you, what are the priorities that you want to put forth when you're thinking about budgetary decisions and and where the city's valuable resources go? Right. Um, I think it kind of comes down to. Um, uh, so I'm a, I'm a psychology guy at heart. Um, that's where I got I got my degree in psychology. So um, when you have your basic needs being met, um, you have thriving within your community. So my my first priorities are you know safety, um, health, those kind of things. Making sure that those things are and you know that safety and health that encompasses a whole lot of different things like when you say that people think firefighters police officers EMTs those kind of things but I mean it also comes down to uh, streets you know can can those ambulances and firefighters uh, fire uh, sorry uh, firefighters get to where they need to go um, so you know we got to look at okay are, are the streets being maintained so you know you kind of I start to to um, start at the bottom work my way up and when people when uh, people feel like you know those basic needs are being met then they kind of take take over and when they feel like they're thriving within the community and start moving forward with other things. Um, so, uh, you know, the, uh, so that would be kind of my basic where to go from kind of thing. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go back to the beginning because Jason was really, really rude and, was. and he skipped right over the super tough question that I usually like to do at the very beginning. Cause I just want to, I want to abuse my guests first. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to go backward a little bit, Steve. And I, and I'd like you to take about 30 seconds or so and, and give us kind of a basic, more of a 30 second uh, look at why, why are you running? What is it that you want to accomplish? The why. Oh, yes. The good one. The good one. I know. Um, I, you're like, Jason ruined the whole thing. We tried to be cliche <laughs> at the beginning of every interview with candidates. And, and for some reason, he just skipped right over it this time. No, I, no, I blame the virus. <laughs> no, no uh, I'm, I'm reminded of a video I just watched a couple days ago. of When you want people to uh, get behind you on something, you get them on the why, not the what. So, but yeah, very much go back to the why. Uh, 
So 30 seconds, right? Uh, so I grew up here in Lee Summit, like I said in my questionnaire. Um, I feel like, you know, I look back on uh, at my peers right now, and it's, you know, uh, what we have is good and great. And it's time for um, my peers, my generation, well, however you want to say it, to kind of start stepping forward and assisting in uh, roles within the community that, you know, gave us such an, a great upbringing and to continue that legacy. And so I look at, at everybody around me that's my age or whatever, and it's it's time for us to kind of start moving forward. And I, I wanted to, you know, I want to be part of that and I want to take that step. So that's why I'm doing this. Um, I don't, I, when I came in, I don't have like, oh, I want to come in and, and, you know, let's redo everything or anything like that. I want to continue the legacy, uh, build upon those things that have been set for us and, you know, bring in a, a new perspective that can keep those things moving forward. All right, Nick, it's time for the really hard last question. All right, here we go. This one, not, not, we don't Since do. Since I screwed up the order. Right. We don't do endorsements on the show. I like to say that every time. We don't do endorsements, but we do have one question where we are going to judge you. So, Steve, I see you're sitting comfortably in your home as we do this. Absolutely. If I were to put in front of you two plates, one plate holds tacos, the other plate holds burgers, which one are um, you choosing? And by the way, just before you answer, there's a right answer here. We just want you to know okay. that we will judge you. Good night. Oh, man. Um, it would depend on where it's from. Um, I, offhand, if, if I'm just giving just tacos or burgers, I'm, I'm going to take tacos. There we go. That, we have a winner. That is a correct answer. We appreciate it. Steve, thank you very much for taking the time not only to be, participate in, in the process and be a candidate for elected office, but also for taking a little bit of time to chat with us today and help you get your voice out to the voters. We Absolutely. appreciate it. And good luck in the campaign, as we say to everybody. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at Link2Lee Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall. Mm-hmm.